Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly, which is surprising because we totally thought last week was going to be <laughs> was going to be the last for the year. Yeah, by the time you edit this and put it out, it'll be 2021. So it's I'm going to do it as soon as we're done. Oh, sure. now now that you Never said right. that, I'm going to hit that deadline. <laughs> right. Well, also because tomorrow is Thursday, right? Yes. And which is our traditional day. And no, no battle bots. Oh, right. They're skipping this so week we got because, of, yeah, because of New Year's. So. Welcome to this eight-hour episode of Hello Weekly, because we got a battle boss to go. I know, and I told Garrett, I was like, we'll get you in on the next one. And then we came up with this great idea. I'm like, we'll get you on the next one. Because <laughs> we want to have him on to talk about filmmaking and COVID. Hi, Garrett. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all that other stuff. So on the next one, you'll be... <laughs> well, we got excited. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a strike when the iron's hot. That's and correct. what is that idea? Uh iron when it's hot you strike it because it's malleable no No. all right so the idea is um who won horror in yes so we're going to go we're going to hopscotch around year different years we're not going chronologically we're going to pick a year yeah we'll keep it fresh because i was telling george if you if you start with something like the 80s and then by the time you get to like 80 45 like your brain's in the 80s and i feel like if you skip around years yeah it keeps you fresh and and you're on your toes with your thinking of like what was around that year and all that other jazz and without further ado this one is who won horror in 1987 yes we picked one of our favorite horror years to start with because um, this is what, what. So when we were doing like polls and stuff for our for our social community, um, eighty seven was always the most fun year to post because if you asked like what was the best horror movie in eighty seven, there was like a dead heat, a passionate dead heat between us, a, a couple movies. When you picked like who's the best horror actor of eighty seven, there was a passionate like this is a very very contentious year with a lot, a lot of quality. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, and a couple losers. Eighty seven is that year where like I always forget like what came out that year because like there's certain years that are like super like nineteen eighty four it was not like on Elm Street seventy five is Jaws right well, yeah yeah eighty seven it's always like what came out and then like you look at it and you go how did I not know that <laughs> <laughs> I just kept looking at all the movies and I was like that came out that came out huh this is interesting so this is gonna be super fun but. Let's just let everyone know right now that we're not being orthodox about this. So like, no, there could no. be some unexpected winners. There could be winners from horror fiction or horror art or music. Or it doesn't have it's to be just movies. Open. If there's something that like that that person had the best year by far, and it wasn't a actor or director, so be it. We also have uh, in good faith losers. Yes, of the year, which probably we shouldn't be using that term anymore because now it's like. And the Oscar goes to, right? So what's the alternate term for... No, losers. <laughs> it's 87. You think they gave a shit about... Oh, that's right. We don't have to be... We can, we can do yeah. the rules when of the time. When we do 2020, right. we'll get real... You know. That's right. We can do the rules of the time. <laughs> we that's should right. smoke right. cigarettes there. So yeah, episode. it's 87. All right, I'm going to get some cocaine. I'm going to trade a few Scott stocks and let's... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and run out on my, on my family. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know how we format this. I mean, we just—I mean, this is Let's more of just, a debate, right? Yeah. We just jump right in. Well, get our because hands dirty. I think you're—you're you're not decided, so you—you you said oh, we I need have to a huge piece of paper in front. Well, it's a normal size piece of paper with a lot of notes on it. Yes, it's not, not a comic. I can see coconut oil, so I'm. Confused. Well, that's—that was. I'm confused. No, that it. was the list of stuff I needed to get before Christmas because, like, I knew Alex was going to want popcorn, so I had to get some coconut oil, and then we needed milk for our mac and cheese. Uh, Top of so tier burritos. No, okay. unless unless stuffing was invented. Well, though I do have our last episode on there of our top five of the year, though, which is kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't cheat off my list. Cocaine, stock trades. All right. All right. 
So okay, so I I'm I don't have a super defined one right now because I think there there was quite a bit going on there. Two biggest films that come out to me in that year. Yes. Uh, which is which is funny because it's not going to be what I know you were originally going at. Uh, for me, it ha- it would have to be Monster Squad, mm-hmm. followed by Creepshow Two. Now I like Creepshow One more, mm-hmm. but Thanks for the Ride, Lady, is a really great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, so the raft is great. The raft is great. Uh, the first one where the the Native American thing comes to life, which had the dude from Mindhunter in it, which always blows my mind. Uh, Holden. Oh shit! But he's like he's like you know you mean the, the one who in Hamilton too. He was in this Hamilton. Wasn't he in Hamilton? No, I Holden for Mindhunter wasn't. Oh wait, Holden. No, no, no. I'm sorry, not Holden. The other guy. Bill. Oh, the other guy, Bill. Bill. Oh, Bill. Bill's in this, but he has like he's the guy who has the long hair that gets chopped off. Right. And it always blows my mind because in Mindhunter oh, he's got that short, yeah, you know, sixties, like yeah. yeah totally. Um, so Monster Squad and Creepshow 2 are on there. Now, I feel like those two were going to be one of my winners because I was like, how can they not be? Like, I've watched Monster Squad a shit ton of times. Well, we can't pick a movie as a winner. So you're going to pick, like, the director or whatever. Okay, that's what That's what I thought. Uh, that's right. I'm not picking Fred Decker. Okay. And for some reason... I don't not know the director of Creepshow Two. It's not George Romero, so I just right. never remember. That's, so I don't. It's probably just David why. Fincher. It's right. Yeah, <laughs> a young up and coming actor, David Fincher. Um, but another movie came out in 1987 that I really liked. Yes, Angel Heart. Yes, I know. Yes. Yeah, that's that was the first wrench that I saw where I was like, well, hold on. Well, a minute. I mean, the big wrench is that this is the year of Evil Dead too, and Elm Street, well, and that was your yeah. I didn't, it's funny I didn't put either of those. I thought I was gonna do. I mean, Evil Dead Two is clearly the best horror movie of '87. I I would buy I would buy I would buy it, man. I've watched Monster Squad <laughs> twice as many times as I have Evil Dead too. Okay. Fair but I still and, and 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 in my defense, whenever you ask a horror fan which which of the tri- original three do you like, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead one or two, mm-hmm. I I'm always an Evil Dead one guy because it was the first one that I saw. Sure, and I have the most memories with that one. So whenever people say Evil Dead two is the best, like I totally fucking get it because mm-hmm. it is like a great movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I always go with Evil Dead one. So I wasn't gonna put that. Did on you there. watch them chronologically, or did you see Army of Darkness next? After? No, I saw Army of Darkness first. Oh, oh shit! I jumped right to number three. Like I, I just knew. I mean, I've told the story where like I saw the cover and I saw the guy with the chainsaw oh, arm, and I was right. like, "Oh, I know who that is. I've seen him in the Game Informer because there was like an Evil Dead." Yeah, what well, year was that? Because that was your era. Right? Oh, I was in like sixth grade. Yeah, that's when like two thousand. Really, really discovering horror. Two. Yep. Okay. Two thousand three. Fair enough. Um, so Angel Heart came out that year, um, which is funny because I. Uh, <laughs> Well, you'll see when we get to our losers. <laughs> Wait, um, so can I throw you off real quick? Throw me off. Who won Angel Heart? Well, if you had to pick a person, I would say I would say you know Robert De Niro because he was fantastic. I mean, De Niro was only in it for like twelve minutes. Yeah, it was so like Jaws. Bruce, Rourke, Bruce is only in Jaws for <laughs> true. Mickey Rourke carried that movie. Mickey Rourke's great, but like and he's still alive, so. If I but if I was gonna give like a best of Mickey Rourke to anyone, I'd give it to him in Sin City. Okay, fair enough. And yeah. Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. I'm with and you. my losers will so make Alan sense. So Alan Parker, who also directed The Wall, Pink Floyd The Wall, he did Angel Heart, which is a bizarre resume. I didn't know that. You yeah. might have said that when we watched so it. So I, never... I feel like he's probably the winner of that, just because he came from not horror, made a horror masterpiece. Although he did leave. We we got to argue about all these things. Okay. I know. Keep going. Okay. So then um, 
another winner. Okay, so then here's here's I'm, I'm just gonna throw all my lists out there, and then we're gonna debate and help me pick. Okay, because I don't anticipate this episode to be an hour long. So let me just let me just get through this here. So some of the other uh, things that came out that year, Predator came out that year. Yes, and um, Lost Boys came out that year. Lost Boys came out the year, which I didn't have on there. Which I I thought over. I would have put Lost Boys on there over Elm Street Three and um, Evil Dead Two, which okay. is weird. Which is actually goes to one of our potential winners, G. Tom Mack, an incredible sister, because he's always posting in the group <laughs> about that. So we were just talking about him yesterday. I was like, he always posts about Cry Little Sister, and I was okay. like, <laughs> he just he just loves that song. So okay. I, I jokingly put him as the winner <laughs> because that that movie. So he's in my top tier of winners. G. Tom Mack? Yeah, he's he's literally in my top tier. Get out of Not here! Not only is he in my top tier winners, I have a story why he is. I have a defense of it. Get out of here! I was putting on there. Hour do you want to wait? Well, let me build my Keep whole going. my whole case here. Yes. Um. So, Monster Squad and Predator both had uh, designs from Stan Winston Studios. Oh oh. So Stan Winston oh. had a good year. Um. Also, Harry and uh, oh my god, what's that Bigfoot movie? Harry and the um, Harry and Henderson's, Henderson's came out that year. Guy, right? Came okay. out that year. Okay, that was what Rick Baker says is one of his best makeups uh, that he's ever I've done heard before. That. Yep. Okay. So Rick Baker had an awesome year. Indeed. Uh, that year, uh, Prom Night Two came out, which means I would have given a Back to the Future award to Joe Bob Briggs for showing <laughs> Prom Night Two, Mary Lou, whatever, <laughs> giving us one it's of the best. It's hard to do good horror sequels, and I feel like. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Um, and then because of Predator, I also think John Claude Van Damme won because he they remember he was the original monster when it looked like that weird thing. Uh, then they got rid of it, scrapped it, right. and so I think John Claude Van Damme's a winner because if they had went with that, it probably would have sucked. So he won from the luck of the draw of them being like, let's try something else. It, right. So I got some forty chess moves that I, I'm working I see with. That. I'm impressed. And, and here, um, okay, so if I but. Let's discuss this. Out of all of these things, which one makes the most sense? I th- I kind of I kind of think I want to go with Stan Winston on there. Yeah, of all the cases you were building, the Stan Winston one. That's what I is is really fun because it's really really iconic effects. He did Monster Squad for that year, right? Yeah. So it's you know for decades people have been trying to do universal monsters but they've been blocked by the fact that you can't do the universal look right right so and then when universal tried it they failed <laughs> like the mummy miserably right so like even universal can't do its own effect its own its own it can't recapture its own monsters but monster squad is the best not universal monster design yeah i mean the only thing that's ever came close would be like if you were to compare um the 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 monster or fish or whatever from grinding nemo right yeah but this Shape is monster squad is definitely but monster squad is like the definitive like it's definitely the best non-universal so i think i gotta go with i think i gotta but that's pretty good and, well, I, wait, 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 I, I, and I would put that over rick baker's harry and the hendersons or whatever For, it's called yeah, just because yeah. i mean it's still his best and i wanted to, i wanted to have that's so i wanted to have someone who could who could punch uh who could trade blows with the Stan Winston. And right. Rick Baker is the obvious right. next one on there. Um, okay, so I, I'm i buying what you're selling. I think those are... I think the Stan Winston one is the most appealing to me. It's... 
Let me. All right, so let me get the sax guy out of the way first here. So the Lost Boy oh, yeah. sax guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's your case. And if you Stan Winston, we'll, we'll circle back and see yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. anything. But right now I got to go up against Stan Winston is how I'm feeling about it, which is formidable because those are two great. That's a name. That's a good name. Well, it's a good name, but it's also two great achievements. I mean, Predator and Monster Squad in the same year are pretty fucking impressive. So I, I, I feel like I can just cheat and win with Sam Raimi because Evil Dead 2 is like whatever. I feel like the concept of horror sequels one because they're, oh you fucker they're not they're not easy to do but you have elm street 3 which is the best sequel in that franchise you have evil dead 2 which is the best sequel in that franchise and maybe with the best horror sequel and prom night 2 i just handed you and prom night 2 that was some jujitsu i know that's what maybe that's what made me think of it was <laughs> prom night 2 was a really really underappreciated yeah it was a great uh, watch sequel especially right? in the last i like it better than prom night one so I've like seen that one so here's the thing. I think those are all viable. I feel like I feel like it's criminal to pick anything. I feel like it would be criminal to pick horror sequels and not just pick Evil Dead 2 because I feel like Evil Dead 2 is carrying all the weight. There. You know what's funny though is giving that award to movies in 1987 when like we've really championed like the the last batch of good sequels. Mm-hmm. And it, has there so it seems like it's 1987 and then well, I guess we don't have a single year from like these past few few years, but mm-hmm. uh, the fact that there was a time when horror sequels were actually still pretty good, mm-hmm. what like so there must have that's an interesting thing to dive into, like the scale of horror sequels throughout the past like thirty forty years of like where do they totally where do they land and if they have like an ebb and flow to them because it feels like nineteen like because I've never actually looked at the data or well, it's not really data we just have these little pieces of paper in front of us <laughs> but like thinking of like good horror sequels and when they came out because it feels like there wasn't a lot of good horror sequels until up recently but now that I see this my mind's like well maybe we got to dive into this right well yeah I I think that's true but I think like it's so it's not an idea of. it's not the best year of horror sequels ever. Right. They're good horror sequels, but it's not the best. So if you're going to give out that award, I feel like you got to give it out on the best year. And this wasn't the best year. So I, I -hmm. feel like I'm still back to evil dead too, but let me, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So, um, because we haven't even gotten to Hellraiser yet, which is coming. So. Yeah, dude, so, that, right. <laughs> this was a loaded donut. <laughs> right, and, right, exactly. Well, we know 87 is. So let me make a case for the, the saxophone guy from Lost Boys real quick. So the story behind this is incredible. I encourage anyone to Google it and look at it. I can't do justice to it, justice to it here. But here's the thing. This guy is still to this day baffled that this is the thing he's known for when he toured for 15 years with Tina Turner. Like he was what? touring with Tina Turner wow. every day for months on end. He has performed with all kinds of legendary musicians. And this is the thing, like, it was like a 20-minute... So, wait, w- watch this. This is absolutely mind-blowing. He he got he got the chance for the gig because of Mad Max. So, Mad Max basically made everyone want really, really worked out, like, punk-looking, like, people scary, intimidating-looking characters... So he w- he became hot all of a sudden because he had that look and like whatever. So Mad Max right. Beyond Thunderdome, he actually performed in a couple of videos for songs that came out of that because Tina Turner was involved. So he oh, wow. he missed an audition because he was sitting in his car listening to the song I Still Believe 
which is the song from Lost Boys, right? He was listening to the original and he wanted to know who did it. So he had you back then you had to wait till the end of the song to hear possibly who was performing it. Yeah. So he was late to an audition and because he was late, he missed his audition there but got to go and audition for Joel Schumacher for Lost Boys because he missed this other audition. Wow. Because he was listening to the song that ultimately he was going to cover in the movie that he was going to perform in that was going to change his life. So for the song steered him to the audition, he covered the song, and now 30 years later, we're still talking about this performance where he's literally less than two minutes of screen time, and we're still talking about him. I feel like that's a win. Wow. I feel like it's a massive win, right? I feel like that's a big win proportion. It's a massive thing. He literally said, Lost Boys let me do all the things I've ever wanted to do. Like it's still, oh. it still gives him all the ability. How to, can you be? How bro, can you I, not I, vote for that? I I know. Oh my god! You, you came know. with a narrative and like a plot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the whole time you're talking about that, I'm thinking about the ending of Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> like it is written. I'm like it was written for that motherfucker. It is written. So wow, that was fate. Like that was the thing. So holy th- shit, there's that's a, a good. You know, answer. that's a, that. There's a good possibility. Can I forfeit that? I feel like he's. I told you I brought the heat too, but and then you brought that. But I'm not even done because like. So there are years like like I feel bad for like The Exorcist wins nineteen seventy three right like yeah there's other great movies in nineteen seventy three Don't Look Now is there Wicker Man's there but like Exorcist is the best this year you can't I even as good as Evil Dead two is I don't know I can pick it over Hellraiser I I don't know I can pick it over Lost Boys only for sentimental reasons I know Evil Dead's a better movie but like you know whatever I don't know I can pick it over Elm Street 3 which is my, possibly one of my favorite horror sequels of all time what of, a rush. Of, any, of anything right so there's a lot of going on there right I also feel like um, anyone with an addiction problem might have won 1987 because even though it was the height of the consumption addiction like era or like whatever I'm telling you there are two things that always stuck with me when it came to how people dealt with addiction that I could never get out of my mind, right? One is the, well, I mean, there's a, there's a, a lot actually, but like the, the, the no brainer ones are Metallica master of puppets. Like w- once I heard that song and I got what the lyrics were saying, I was like, Oh, I, there, I mean, this is like clearly one of the greatest songs ever written about addiction, but the gaping, greedy, like syringe holes on yeah, so gross in in Elm Street three. Like once you see that, I feel like you gotta be like, I gotta check my life. If I, if I'm, What's the name like, of that thing where you hate like holes? Oh yeah, it's like pixie phobia, trichophobia, yeah, some yeah. kind of phobia. Like yeah, that it's always... got that kind of shit, right? So yeah. so I feel like people with addiction problems got like a big visual signal that they should turn their life around from <laughs> from Elm Street Three, which is a really dark movie. Chuck Russell did the Blob remake, so he is that was on here too. He's done. Well, it's not in eighty seven, oh. but he did the Blob remake. So I mean, he's. He, I mean, he did Elm Street 3 and he did the Blob remake. Oh. So he's basically just a master of the things that most people in horror can't do. Sequels and, and, wow. and reboots. That's a cool, right? That's a really cool resume. So yeah, he's done a, he's done a really good job. I, I'm, I'm toying with making Clive Barker the winner. So my defense of okay. that will be that Books of Blood was the... F- so basically... S- so I was around in 87 and, and let me tell you it, in horror, it basically was like Stephen King and the whole rest of the horror genre was prostrate before him. Like, like he was truly 
an unstoppable god in right. 1987, right? So, like, everyone just assumed Stephen King owns horror, nothing, you know, like, whatever. And then Clive Barker came around, and he was the first time I remember thinking, maybe there's something after Stephen King. Maybe there's something just as good right. as Stephen King. Maybe he's got a rival, right? Like, <laughs> And to come out with Books of Blood, which was the only book of short horror fiction that I felt like had the, the heft and quality to take on Stephen King likes toe to toe. Not Stephen King was fully supportive of Clive Barker, so it's not like yeah, I've like, always seen like those quotes of him. He's that like, quote I've seen the future of horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not and Stephen King's a really supportive guy in general. Um, so it's not like they were rivals per se, but but Clive Barker shows up, he drops books of blood, which you know I remember standing in the store opening when I when I literally turning the first page and it's saying. You know, we're all books of blood. When we're open, we're red. <laughs> like, God damn it, I'm in. This that's over. Jeez, it's all game over. <laughs> and Jeez. and Hellbound Heart was in Books of Blood, which is what Hellraiser was based on, mm-hmm. uh, including all kinds of other classics. So he he was really developing his 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 voice. His short fiction was was blowing up, and then Hellraiser comes out, which is a truly unique horror masterpiece because it's way more literary than most horror like masterpieces are like mm-hmm. in its intentions and its construction, you know, how it's built. Even Pinhead himself is like kind of talkative, kind of meditative for a horror villain, yeah, kind of neutral yeah, yeah. for a horror villain, like really unique. Right. So I feel like my only, so if I had to come down to it, it's, it's the lost boys, sax man, it's Clive Barker or it's Sam Raimi. I, I feel like those are my three with Chuck Russell as a, as a, as a runner up. I feel like those are my choices. So you, so it's either Rick Baker or, or sorry, Stan, so Winston, Stan Winston or what were your backups? Like what else are you throwing? I mean, at? I think, I think I just knocked it, knocked it down to Stan Winston. Stan, Stan Winston. Okay. Company. So, yeah. So I got to knock it down to one and I'm going to have to go. I'm going to just, just for the hell of it, be, because I, I, in all honesty, if, if evil dead, was head and shoulders so far above everything else the way The Exorcist was. I would just pick it. But I feel like there's so much quality this year. It's not like so far ahead. It's not like one of those races you're watching on TV Olympics where you can just walk away and you're like, oh, that guy's going to win. He's like 500 yards ahead of it. Like, right. It's it's not like that. I feel like there's so much quality this year. I can't quite. But Clive Barker did something so unique. I would put. So un, un like And, and he, it's David versus Goliath. I mean, he was going against Stephen King. Like, so so I, I'm going to go Clive Barker. You're going to go Stan Winston. I, I think I think out of, out of the ones you picked, I think Clive Barker's got to be the. Or the sax guy. Which oh, is the, the honorary. The sax guy, though. <laughs> like, that story of like him missing. Ah, oh, shit. Right? And the fact that Mad Max led to. I mean, I mean, he like it's, it, and we're still talking about him, and Mad Max is still relevant. Like, how is this possible? How are any of these things possible? My, this is this is a real like heart versus brain. My brain is like, well, obviously it's Clyde Barker, but my heart's like, dude, like the universe or whatever you want to fucking call it, man. Whatever woo woo. The sax man. Yeah, the, yeah, the sax. Yeah, it said that sax dude, that beefcake of a man, has got to be on the screen for two minutes. Right, and then I don't want to sell short Stan Winston because you know, honestly, I um, was a huge Predator fan, not the franchise, the first one. Yeah, and um, I couldn't. It was one of those 
fucking movies where I couldn't figure out why do I like this as much as I do. Yeah, it's enjoyable, it's fun, it's well done, like all that stuff. But there are certain certain movies where I've seen them like ten times, and I don't even know why. Robocop's one of them. Total Recall's one of them. Predator's one of them. Why, why are these movies so good? And when I think back on it. It's not Schwarzenegger. It's not, you know, Carl Weathers. It's not, you know, Jesse Ventura. It's not um, the story. <laughs> the story is like the most dangerous game. That's <laughs> oh, a good story, know. though. It's a great story, but it's not like they're, they're coming with the original heat, right? So, like, it's not, I mean, Evil Dead rewrote kind of how you did tone in horror, right? It was a totally unexpected like Gonzo masterpiece. It feels like, it feels like, you know, a horror director somehow collaborated with Hunter Thompson. Right. Mm. <laughs> right. I mean, it's nuts. That movie's nuts. So, but anyway, I don't want to sell Sam Winston, Winston short in this one, because even though I'm not a huge horror comedy fan, so monster squad doesn't hit me the way it hits you. I recognize the fact that I have never seen anyone do universal monsters in a way that wasn't immediately just comically sad. Right, like where I'm, like I'm, it's on a cereal box or some mm-hmm. you know, nonsense in a cartoon or whatever, or it's tragically terrible, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Kenneth Branagh and Robert De Niro. Or like you're like, what the hell are you people thinking? Right? Like, <laughs> like oh, what's going on over here? So like the fact that he pulled off, I mean, he did the same David and Goliath thing that Clive Barker did to Stephen King, except for he did it to Universal Monsters. So that's pretty fucking impressive. And. Out of all the horror shirts I have, my favorite one is Stephen King Rules, which is from Monster Squad. Yep. But even me, like, if I'm being honest with you right now, I would toss all the Stan Winston stuff aside for the sax guy, man. It's the story. <laughs> it's the it's the story for me, man. It's the fact. It's the fact that he missed an audition and it led to like such great, <laughs> such great sights. <laughs> Well, you, yeah, totally. I, I'm with you. Okay, on that. but but for the spirit of the show, I will stick with I will stick with the Stan Winston. So uh, so, do we pick an ultimate winner? We haven't even decided this, or do we let the we let the listeners we decide, let the listeners right? Know. All right. So you got they got to pick between. I got to pick one now. So you're sticking with Stan Winston. Yeah. I'll, so I got to either go with Sax Person or Clive Berger. Yeah, I, I I'm glad you got it down to those two because Sam Raimi would have been like the way easy option. You know what I mean? Like, right, so his name is Tom Capello, Tim Capello, Tim Capello. Um, we gotta have his name if we're if we if he's the runner. Yeah, yeah. So um, put some respect. Do I on pick the Tim name. or do I pick Clive Berger? God damn it! I know, dude. Like that's. I mean, if you're a sucker like me and that story gets you, then Saxman. But, like, the dude, like... Clive Barker changed horror he, fiction and horror movies in one He, like, so reinvented... Clive Barker. Yeah, I'm he, sorry. like, reinvented the wheel I'm, I'm for... I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tim. Tim, you are you are so close to winning one of the best years in horror. So, if you're listening, I forgive me, but Clive yeah, Barker... <laughs> Clive Barker's got to be. Hey, it's got to be. I don't think anyone would be bad in second place to <laughs> no, no, Clive Barker, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I just threw out Sam Raimi for, for <laughs> Tim Capello. So that's like, true. Like, he is a great like you, Yeah, you have earned a fucking spot. And we didn't even talk about like Joel Schumacher or all guy. I mean, poor Chuck Russell is, is sitting here what, look at, listen to a plangent sax solo in the distance going, <laughs> how did I get beat by... By Tim Cabello, but um, I'm going with Clive Barker. So let us know. Well, we have losers. Oh yeah, we're we're, we're not. Doing winners, but what, right, we're not done with the episode. But if you're if you're listening or you're part of the Facebook group or the community, mm-hmm. or follow us on Instagram, where Nick is doing an amazing job, let us know um, who you think would if you had to pick between 
Stan Winston or Clive Barker, who won 1987 for you? That's a cool title fight. That is a great title fight. Wow. And, you know, there, you know I, I was trying to think of... I, I, I don't want to let this pass without saying this. I, I really do think that it, we should have considered Bruce Gamble as well. Like, Bruce Gamble really... He, he won Evil Dead, clearly, because he came yeah. back, right? He won the first one. But it's only in two where he where he really showed, like, I'm going to be this generation's Vincent Price, plus I'm going to be this generation's... Well, Evil Dead 2 also has, like, the Freddy Krueger glove in it. And I remember reading about Sam Raimi and Wes Craven sort of like, well, you think this is scary? Watch this film. So they kept trying to one-up each other. Yep. And so, like, there's that involved in it, which that, see, if you would have came out with that narrative of Sam Raimi, I would have been like, oh, you know what, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And Robert England won and lost because Elm Street 3 is amazing, but Freddy was starting to take that stand-up comedy turn that that really was the blight of the rest of that series. So, yeah, I... Well, yeah. Now okay. We have, now we have the losers. Let's do losers. Let's do. It. All right. I have a couple losers. Okay. Hit. But like, Hit. we gotta de- we gotta declare who really lost. So, yes. first one would be hard boiled eggs. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna love this. because of Angel Heart. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, poor Al Parker didn't even make it. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you totally. Yeah. So hard boiled eggs, fucking getting consumed by the souls. devil. Yeah. Because think about it. If the devil, if you're an egg, and the devil eats you, and he goes to take a shit, he's probably gonna take that shit in hell. And now you're a turd in hell. That's bad. That's a bad. Outcome. So that's that's a bad. And outcome. you're just like you're just like an egg, and you know, and all of a sudden, <laughs> that's my argument. Yeah, that's a dude. That's a bad outcome, and you're by yourself. I don't think is is there any other turds in hell? Maybe Steve Bannon. And what's the I, like, what's the sewage like? Is it lava? Oh my god. Is it water? Do they have a filtrate? You know. Yeah. So hard boiled eggs. I I'm gonna counter argue that hard boiled eggs won 1987. What? What? Watch this. You ready? Now, so first of all, first of all. Nobody has ever eaten a hard-boiled egg in film more elegantly than Robert De Niro and Angel. That's Man. not true. There is a lot of hard-boiled egg consumption in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't talk to me about hard-boiled eggs. How do you know that? <laughs> Holy shit. But um, <laughs> Continue. And then also, Robert De Niro's, the explanation for why he's eating it is that eggs represent the soul. I mean, that food represents the soul. I didn't. Wow. That's a pretty impressive. Imagine being an egg and someone's like, you you represent soul. And you're like, get out of here. Are you serious? <laughs> chickens lost 19. Pixar's going to make a whole movie because about chickens me. got ruined by Angel Heart. Chickens are my loser for 1987. Oh, yeah, they had a Every, sacrifice. They had sacrifice. They were gross. And Mickey Rourke was afraid of them. And he was so convincingly afraid of them that, that like... I don't. I think I've avoided chickens for a week after that damn movie. <laughs> okay, so it could be hard-boiled eggs. That's one of them. I have three losers. Uh, second one would be nerds because Predator came out, and after that, all they wanted to do was be jacked like Arnold and Co. And they're never gonna like reach it. So unless they play saxophone, yeah, unless they play saxophone, <laughs> maybe you're onto something. So nerds because they want to be jacked like Arnold, even though he was around before that. It's just. Predator was just a total beefcake movie. Everyone, because it has that hand, that, that thing where they're like, Dylan. And then, like, he sees him when they shake and go to the biceps. Um, it's true. This is true. And then the last loser for 1987 is me because Moonstruck That's... came out that year. Oh. And my mom made Alex and I watch it on, like, New Year's Day, oh. like a few years back. And that oh. movie is boring as snot, dude. I feel so sorry. That for movie. My, and she, and it's, it's one of those movies where, like, you know, like my mom loves it, so like you got. Oh my god! Even like, the poster makes me sleepy. 
Yeah, it's like Cher and the Moon. Yeah, yeah, it's just not good. I mean, I'm sure people. I mean, I know my mom likes it, <laughs> but like, it's just me and Alex were so fucking bored. And I love Cher's. I think Cher's awesome. But, I, Cher was great in Mask. But uh, me, I wasn't even born yet, and I lost. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> so those are my three. I think I'll go with hard boiled eggs, though. That seems like the. That's fair. Uh, all right. My loser for 1987 is Irony. So Ooh, this is going to be good. Irony. So one of the really quiet, wonderful movies of 1987 that I always forget exists. And I swear I lived the time where, you know, you would randomly, you know, go through TV. You didn't have the control you have now. You didn't have like streaming. It's like that big fat remote. Yeah. Right. So like you just got what the networks gave you. Right. So uh-huh. this movie never aired ever. For some reason it never aired. For some reason, the, the, the movie, uh, delivering gods decided to show me Beastmaster a thousand and 1100 times, but uh, never yeah. this movie. And this movie is wonderful. It stars Kyle MacLachlan. It's sci-fi action. Oh, I, I, it's sci-fi action horror. It's a great movie. Great beginning. It's not the most horror movie ever, but it is a fantastic movie. And it is called The Hidden. And I can never find it. <laughs> and it came out that year. Yeah, it came out that year. And no one remembers that movie exists. And it's called The Hidden. Well, there you go. <laughs> Irony. Yeah, no. Irony, Irony, like, took this movie and was like, you want to call it The Hidden? Fine. Fuck you then. No one's ever going to see it or talk about it or hear about it. I will say, though, winners. Yes. Kyle McLaughlin. uh, His TikTok is great. It's just him promoting his bear wine. there There are so few celebrities that age that for some reason are good at social media. We could do this right now. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Amazing at social media. This is great. Right? He posts those crazy videos. Amazing at Hers is good. social media. Um, who else is good at social media? Bruce Campbell. Amazing at social media. Bruce Campbell is, is really good. Sam Neill is inexplicably good at social media, but with by the opposite of trying. His is good. Uh, he's not... I don't know how old Tom Morello is, but I just shared his post, and he got, he's got some spicy memes up totally, there, totally. so I give it to him. Totally. Um, I mean, that's a good list. And Kyle McLaughlin, man, he is, when he does like live tweets of Twin Peaks events, nobody is better. He's, He's like really good. accessible, smart, funny, but not too serious about it. Like he is the perfect, he's literally Dale Cooper. He's the Dale Cooper of Dale Coopers. Yeah. <laughs> he better be. He's He's got it down. He's got it down pretty good. <laughs> Hey, man, he wasn't even Dale Cooper last time I saw him. All right, he so was we, like Jim or something. That's, oh, Dougie. Doug, well, no, he wasn't Dougie. He was that. He was the depressing version of himself. Remember he disarmed all the guys? Oh, the long Put their guns in the fryer. Long hair. And then went and, oh, that's right, yeah. And then went and... He was like, you should leave those bullets. Yeah, he was not like himself anymore, so whatever. But, that's true. But he's so, still Dale Cooper to me. So we have Stan Winston and... and Clyde Barker going Clyde head Barker. to head. And then for losers, we have Hard Boiled Eggs and Irony. <laughs> That sounds like we, we also take this. That very sounds seriously. like a Smashing Pumpkins album, Hard Boiled Eggs and Irony. <laughs> hard Boiled Eggs. No, it would be like Hard Boiled Eggs and the Infinite Irony. The Infinite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some pretentious. The, the Infinite Irony of the sh- of the Lonely Moon. 
And it's got to have some like George Lumiere <laughs> like album cover. Oh yeah, it's got to have the moon guy with the rockets. yeah trip to the moon, yeah, George Millier or something like that. Fuck yeah. Oh, that's okay. Well, let us know who won. Yeah, who won? <laughs> and again, again, <laughs> the matchup is Dan Winston versus Clive Barker, which is fair. And then hard boiled eggs and irony. And let us know about the runner ups, and let us know who we missed, or if we said someone that you think we should have picked instead of. And I think. So so this is a new segment we got. We are going to finish Not Bravo, though. Yes. We're we at told, the halfway point. We told her, we, we just, that was, the ambition for that was, the second half was to have some guests or have some people help with some audio clips and whatnot, and that takes some arranging. So this we can just yeah. do. We can just bust it out. Ourselves. Like and seconds. it's, I was, I got so <laughs> excited about, because I, I, I know you're going to surprise me, right? And I, and you did. I mean, Hardball Eggs is not something you can see coming. Well, I didn't know you were going to have the sax guys there. the Frasier theme. <laughs> hey, baby, right here. That's tossed salad. That's scrambled eggs. Oh, damn it. Not hardboiled eggs. No, but yeah, go back and watch that scene. I think there's a scene in Who Framed Roger Rabbit where someone's just stuffing hardboiled eggs as oh, well. It's on. And then I think they like squeeze his face and they go shooting out. It's 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 an event. Sounds disgusting and it sounds familiar. Yeah. So uh. <laughs> let us know who won. Uh we'll probably I'll probably post this in the Facebook group and on Instagram. Or if you haven't given given us a review, which is crazy. I looked at our listenership on iTunes because there's like thousands of fucking places to get analytics. And I was looking at iTunes and like most of the people who follow us are like subscribe, subscribe to the show, which is like awesome. I don't know what that means for us though, because like totally iTunes is super that. in the dark, but yeah. it's great. Yep. And uh, so there's some people who haven't done a review. And if you want a new year, new you, Ooh. give yourself new year, new you. What an easy a new year's resolution. That's what it is. Review Halloween Weekly, and now you can just do and it. And then that's done. And that's a and then that's resolution. Done. And you got momentum. And you just walk away. Going into 2021. Going into 2021, you get your shot and. And, and congratulations to anyone who's listening to this. You made it. <laughs> That's a good thing. We're very proud of you. Yeah. And hopefully proud of ourselves. listening to this indoors. Let's just keep the momentum going. All right. Not like those Orange County. No. Nope. <laughs> the Florida yeah, of don't leave the us Florida of California. Yeah, don't leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Bye. Bye.